Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, time in nature has been scientifically proven to have positive effects on our health. It can help improve our heart health and immune system. It can reduce stress in our older folks, and in kids, it can improve their eyesight and even their brain power. Nature prescriptions are among the top global wellness trends. Canada has now joined countries like the UK and others to invest in park prescription pilots to help address mental and physical health problems and their impact on the healthcare system. Now, forest therapies, a research-based framework for supporting healing and wellness through immersions in forests and other natural environments. It's a practice that's inspired by the Japanese word shinrin-yoku, which translates into forest bathing. Now, 90% of people indicate they're happier after just 15 minutes of sitting in a forest. Nature therapy increases a sense of well-being, improves our concentration levels and physical health in adults, and generally reduces stress in people of all ages. So today we talk with two experts. In the first half of the show, we'll talk with Dr. Shannon Johnson. She's an associate professor in the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience at Dalhousie University and is part of the Parks Prescription Program, which is driven by healthcare professionals who want to improve their patients' health. In the second half of the show, we'll talk with Tina White, a certified forest and nature therapy guide here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Let's listen into my conversation with Dr. Johnson and learn more about why nature is one of the best medicines. Hi, Dr. Johnson. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's an interesting topic, actually. Your research is quite novel in the fact that we're looking at the benefits of really getting out and being active as almost a prescription. Maybe you could start by telling us a bit more about yourself and what you do. Okay, so I'm an associate professor in psychology and neuroscience at Dalhousie, and I'm also a clinical psychologist, um, a clinical neuropsychologist, actually. And um, so in addition to my work at the university, I also am engaged in a couple of different private practices here in Halifax. So I work with clients um, directly and uh, really enjoy that work. And my research, I guess, because it really fits with this topic is really focused on um, trying to understand the benefits of nature for different aspects of human health, in particular, mental health and cognitive health. And um, also really trying to focus on understanding why people don't spend time in nature and how to um, develop sort of pathways and interventions to help people spend more time in nature. Yeah, I think it's, I think people are maybe starting to realize a little bit more with the pandemic and places like, you know, the Maritimes or Newfoundland and Labrador, where we were able to get outside. But in 2019, I found an article that said that nature prescription was one of the top eight global wellness trends. You know, why do we need nature in our lives? Well, I, my take is that we need nature in our lives for the same reason we need exercise, sleep, and good nutrition. So we think of those as the three pillars of health. And I would argue that nature is the fourth pillar of health. Mm -hmm. There's a huge amount of health benefits. And, you know, if we want to stay healthy, uh, we need to add that nature piece in as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, you can get all those, you can eat well and exercise and do all those things in nature as well as a, and it's a lot, I'd say it's a lot better for our brains than being in a gym on a treadmill. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. So do you have some ways, have you been able to determine actually how nature benefits our health specifically? Unless maybe you'll just start with adults because I'm sure it's different for adults and kids. Yeah. So when I think about how nature benefits us, I think about it in kind of three different areas. I think of physical health, I think of mental health, and I think of cognitive health. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So the physical health benefits, um, there's been a, a lot of research to support things like people recovering faster after surgery when they have a view of nature versus when they don't have a view of nature. That, that's sort of an older finding, which is really interesting and kind of sparked mm-hmm. a lot of research after that. When people spend time in nature, there's lower blood pressure, lower heart rate, levels of cortisol, which is our stress hormone decrease. Some studies have shown increased immune function. Others have shown reductions in chronic pain, reduced risk of chronic disease, things like asthma, heart disease, diabetes. So it's, it, And there's links with life expectancy as well. So people that spend more time in nature have lived longer. So lots of pretty amazing physical health benefits. Yeah. In terms of mental health and well-being, um, being in nature improves mood, lowers levels of stress and anxiety, support higher levels of feeling things like vitality and personal growth and more life satisfaction. So just a a plethora of really cool benefits. And then in terms of cognitive health, which is one of the reasons I got interested and I'm really interested in sort of how the brain and behavior interact, which is what neuropsychology is. So there's a lot of good evidence that being in nature improves our attention. So one of the key kind of theories around this, it's called the attention restoration theory. It's kind of a popular theory in this, in this area of research. And basically all of the things that we do all day really deplete our attention and our attention is a limited resource. So when we're looking at our screens, when we're navigating our complex urban environments, you know, all the things that we're doing, even when we're just think we're kind of zoning out and watching Netflix, you still have to pay attention Mm -hmm. and it's still depleting that attentional system. And so being in nature allows us to engage in a different way. It's, they kind of refer to it as this soft fascination. So basically it doesn't, it's not, doesn't have all those hard edges, right? So it allows us to replenish our attention or restore our attention. And so when we go back to doing those things, and, and probably if you think about how you feel in nature, you can probably imagine, you know, after you've had some time in nature, and you go back to doing your work, you do feel restored. You do feel, you know, like you're, you're better able to focus. And, the, and that's really well supported by, by research that that happens. There's also some boost in creativity. Um, and there's some really good work to show that um, connecting with nature's things like gardening really reduce risk of dementia or prolong um, or delay the onset of dementia. So some pretty amazing findings across the board. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a universal medicine in a lot of ways, physical, mental, cognitive, all things that we uh, struggle with in our population. Now I think about kids these days when I was a kid, you know, I'm starting to be able to say that now I'm getting old enough to be like, when I was a kid, we, we we spotlight all night. Uh, We would go build forts in the woods. We would spend time in nature all the time. What's happening with children and, and, you know, what benefits are they not getting now if they're not spending as much time in nature? Yeah, well, they're certainly not spending much time in nature, that's for sure. That we've done some good work around that, and there's lots of studies to show that they're not. And so they're really missing out on, I mean, all the benefits I talked about for adults are there for kids, but there's also there's some really good work showing these protective factors. So when kids connect with nature and they develop sort of this nature relatedness or nature connection, it's really helps them be more resilient to different kinds of challenges later on, particularly mental health problems. So there's been good studies that have looked at people over time um, and have shown that those that spend more time in nature as kids um, end up being more mentally, you know, 
end up having better mental health in the long run. Um, so it's protective against those things. The other thing I really think of is that when kids are out in nature, they get to engage in risky play. And we know that risky play is really good for development, you know, of creativity, of problem solving, of finding those boundaries for your physical competency, mm-hmm. creates more self-confidence, better self-esteem. Um, it's just like such a perfect place for kids to go and really, you know, figure all of those things out. Mm-hmm. So by not being in those places, they're really missing out on a huge part of, of the cognitive and, and physical development. Yeah. I've never heard the term risky play, but it totally makes sense. I remember you jump off the shed for the first time and you realize I shouldn't do that or, okay, I can't do that. You know, little yeah. things like that. No, I, I, I get it. I mean, I think it's a, a huge thing. It's funny. I had a period of time in my life when I spent less time in nature and now I've re, reintegrated nature is a huge part of my life. And I think that's something that you guys are pushing for right now. So you're part of the parks program or parks prescription program. Tell me about that and why it started and how it started and all that good stuff. Yeah. So parks is a program that was started in, it launched initially in November of 2020. Um, It was a, a, through BC parks. So BC parks was the major sort of um, supporter of this. And Dr. Melissa Lem is a family physician in, in BC. And she was really, she's the director of the program and she's the person who really spearheaded this. And really it was because she was seeing the benefit of you know prescribing nature to her her patients and how much it could benefit them you know she tells the story of prescribing nature to someone with ADHD a number of years ago and how much that sort of changed their ability to function by just spending regular time in nature mm. and so you know we know these benefits are there the research really is very clear and by getting health professionals to prescribe, then we can really start to, you know, to spread the word a little bit more in a, in a really concrete way. Mm. So you mentioned BC, we know that in Nova Scotia, it's happening. Is this widespread across the country? Or is this just beginning? Yep. No, we're, we, um, so I got involved a number of years, or a year or so ago, because it wasn't in Nova Scotia yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was in BC and then I think Ontario and then Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So and now we're everywhere except Newfoundland, but Newfoundland mm-hmm. is, is soon to be um, launched. I think there's, there's a lot of good work going on there now. So the program is, you know, pretty much across Canada at this point. And we just launched in the Maritime. So Nova Scotia, New Brunswick and PEI on Earth Day. So April mm-hmm. uh, 22nd. So that's new here, but um, really exciting to have it to have it finally arrive here. We're here with Dr. Shannon Johnson, who's telling us all about how nature is one of the best medicines. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Shannon Johnson, who's telling us all about the Parks Prescription Program that recommends time in nature for people as a form of medical treatment. Let's get back to the interview. And so for yourself, was it because you had researched this area that you decided to be, you know, spearheaded for your region? Yeah, so I learned about it from a friend in Ontario who's a health professional. And so she knew the kind of research I was doing. And she said, hey, this looks like it's right up your alley. So I looked it up and um, wanted to sign up as a prescriber. So I do see clients and I do talk about nature with my clients all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be really cool to have my own you know, prescription pad and cool. be able to, to actually write it down and go through it with them. And I couldn't sign up because it wasn't hadn't been launched in my province. So it has to be in your province for you to be a prescriber. So I reached out to to Dr. Lim and said, hey, what what do we have to do to make this happen? 
And so it was myself and a couple of uh, medical students who are really involved in, in this movement as well. And um, so we just, we had to get a number of different sponsorships from different um, prof- health professional bodies in cool. order to get launched. And yeah, we made that happen. That's exciting. That's exciting. So, okay. So I come and see you. Uh, I'm one of your patients and you say, Mike, you need to get out in nature more. What does a prescription look like? Yeah. So I just got mine, which is exciting. Um, so it's really just a personalized kind of prescription sheet. So you would print that out and go over it with your client. And uh, it's really about sitting down and having that conversation about this is how much time I want you to spend in nature per week. I want you to do it in these kind of increments and let's talk about what that's going to look like. Right. So it's not just saying you need to spend more time in nature, but actually sitting down and making a plan with them. That's concrete. And, you know, as a psychologist, we do this all the time. This is kind of what you need to do for behavior change to get people to do things. Um, But I think, you know, now across professions, it's really encouraging people to sit down and and have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason that we write it down is because there's good evidence that a written prescription um, actually is more beneficial or or leads to behavior change more likely than just telling people to do it. Right. So actually having a prescription in hand from, you know, a doctor or, you know, a nurse or whoever will, will make it more likely people will follow through. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that works, but we're always writing down your plan. It's always the, the key to being successful. So, okay. So if I get my prescription and um, I need to spend time outside, what is enough and like what constitutes nature? I think about Newfoundland. I live like 50 feet from the ocean. I can walk down and see the ocean at night and have dinner down there. Um, but like, what does it mean for other people that are maybe in more urban centers? So. Yeah. So I guess the, f- the first piece of that is what, what is nature, right? So I think, you know, often people think, oh, well, if I'm going to spend time in nature, I've got to go for a hike. I've got to get myself to the forest or I've got to go to the ocean. But, you know, nature is, is, is everywhere. Even in an urban setting, there are places to connect with nature, um, you know, and it can be as simple as, you know, sitting in your backyard and having your morning coffee, you know, while noticing, you know, the tree in your yard or your neighbor's yard. Or, you know, for a kid just digging in the dirt, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be an elaborate, you know, outing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's where people sometimes get stuck, um, you know, going to a local park and just sitting, right? So I think nature, you know, is can be very simple, right? There's a, there's a lot of urban nature. I mean, in some areas, it may be a little bit more work to find that urban nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, not being on your phone on your morning, you know, walk to work, you can, you know, look and see what's blooming, you know, in people's flower baskets or whatever, right? That's, that's enough too. So it can be pretty yeah. simple. I mean, the other thing is, you know, I, I really encourage people to get out because I think there's a lot of benefits to that sort of actually the multi-sensory aspect of being out in nature. Mm-hmm. So what Parks is recommending is a two hours a week. And this is based on, you know, different studies that have really supported that two hours is kind of that sweet spot. Um, more can be, be, can be better for sure, but we're, we're really recommending two hours and we're recommending that in doses of about 20 minutes, because that's when we see the biggest decrease in those stress hormones. So, um, you know, you can, you can be out for shorter amounts of time and get some of those mood boosts and decreases and, you know, increase in vitality and things like that. But that 20 minutes is where we really see that, that drop in cortisol. So, 20 minutes at a time, about two hours a week is what we're, we're hoping people will do. 
That's amazing. And that lines up for people that are mobile and able to exercise with a lot of the general guidelines on exercise as well. So you can kill two birds with one stone with that one. Now, I had a question about when you're out in nature from a psychological perspective. I've heard that the randomness of nature helps us be more present. Is that true? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of what I was referring to before with the attention, like that sort of, and, and there are some studies that look at like the more unpredictable it is, the more it you know relates to feelings of creativity and you know better attention. So I think that idea of um, it just allows us to just notice and just take it in without having to really you know again it doesn't have those hard edges. It's that fascination aspect, right? Yeah. So a question, sort of anthropological type thing here is, do you think it's because we spent so much time in nature evolutionarily and we, and we lost that along the way? Is that why it's just so good for us? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a, the, one of the key sort of another theory in this field is called the biophilia hypothesis. And all that means is that we have this innate connection to nature because we are part of nature, right? We are, we are, you know, we, we've separated ourselves from it in a lot of ways, but, you know, for most of our evolution, we've been part of it. Right. And so that's why we, you know, we want to connect with animals. We want to connect with, with nature and, you know, overwhelmingly when you ask people, do they like nature? Do they prefer nature? they do, right? There's been lots of studies that have shown, you know, even though we're urbanized and most of us live in an urban environment, when we say, which of these do you prefer, an urban setting or a natural setting, people always prefer, almost always prefer the natural setting. It's just an innate desire. Yeah, we don't do it, right? We don't spend that much time in those settings anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's interesting. So I guess as we start to wrap up here, a couple questions like what's the response been from like the practitioners and the patients when it comes to this, this approach, do they get it? Yeah, I think they get it. I mean, certainly when I when you know, personally, when I talk to my, my clients about spending time in nature, um, they do get it. And, mm-hmm. you know, for some of them, it's that they've had a connection in the past. Like you were saying, you know, I used to spend a lot of time then I went through this period and I didn't. And then now I am. So a lot of people, it's just needing that nudge to reconnect and to remember why it's so important. And for other people, it's new, right? For other people, this hasn't been something that they've had the opportunity to have in their life. And so they need a little bit more support around finding those ways to connect with nature, maybe finding some local resources where they can go for a walk, you know, for a walk with a group or, you know, go, you know, join, join a, an event that's happening that mm-hmm. they can feel comfortable with that. Yeah. But I think generally it's quite positive and it's, you know, I think when you talk about the reasons for it, people do get that because I think there is this innate understanding of, yeah, I do like that. I do, I do want that. Right. Yeah. And if you can simplify it, like, you know, you don't even have to go for a walk. If, if mobility is an issue, can you get to your local park and go sit on the bench and, you know, read a book for a while and just really be in that space. Right. Yeah. I love that. And you remember during the pandemic, you saw people walking and these people were outside and they inherently migrated towards it because I knew they needed something and they probably didn't even realize why, which is so yes. nice. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with as we wrap it up here? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the big message that I'm trying to get out is, you know, being in nature is, or connecting with nature is really a, it's a, it is a recreational activity. It's something fun. It's something people enjoy, but it, it also is a health behavior. And so I'm trying to get people to really start to think of it as one of their, 
you know, and using it proactively, right? So I think not only um, using it on those days when you feel stressed out or you feel like you need a break, but using it regularly to um, build that resilience against the things that are coming your way in your in your everyday life, right? It's it's really important in that regard. So thinking of it as part of my health regime yeah. and something I should do every day to prevent um, some of these sort of physical and, and mental difficulties that people run into. Yeah. Such a great message. People always wait until something goes wrong before they take action. Such an easy way and such an enjoyable way for us to get ahead of our, some of our health issues, especially after what you shared today about all the different things it impacts. Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for taking the time today. That was Dr. Shannon Johnson from Dalhousie University. When we come back, we'll talk with Tina White, a certified forest and nature therapy guide here in Newfoundland and Labrador. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Tina White, a certified forest and nature therapy guide here in Newfoundland and Labrador. She's telling us all about the health benefits of nature. Let's check it out. Hi, Tina. Welcome to the show. Hi. I love this topic. We were just chatting briefly before we started this interview about how much I love this topic. You know, you're a certified forest and nature therapy guide. Can you tell us a bit about what that is and then the association and programs that you, you guys deliver? Sure. So I guess the association itself that I've dealt with is ANFT or the Association of Nature Forest Therapy Guides and Programs, bit of a mouthful. Um, and they started up about 10 years ago in 2012 in the States and were founded by an individual by the name of Amos Clifford. Um, he was doing a, a lot of work. He was actually a practicing Buddhist for probably 20 years, but uh, then kind of stepped away from that and more did a, a like a year-long intensive wilderness exploration, I guess. And out of that was born his vision for forest therapy. <clears throat> and um, it's kind of based on the Japanese tradition of Shinrin-yoku. It's probably not the correct pronunciation, but, and that translates uh, as bathing in the essence of the forest. So yeah, that that's, I guess, where I found out about it through that association. Yeah. And you became certified in this. So you actually delivered this form of therapy for individuals now. Yeah. Well, I, I discovered it, I guess, the term maybe about eight years ago, I guess. Um, I was starting to do a lot of hiking, spending a lot of time in nature. And uh, at first, I kind of thought maybe I'm a little addicted to hiking because all of a sudden, all I wanted to do every weekend was just hike. I just wanted to be on the East Coast Trail mostly. Right. Um, but it was there was something going on and I, I think it took a year or two or more for me to realize that no, there's, 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 there's gotta be more to it. Why do I feel so good? Why am I drawn to it so much that yeah. it's all I want to do, you know? So I guess I started Googling probably and just trying to figure out like, what is the connection between spending time in nature and, and how we feel, you know? And I just happened upon that term forest therapy, which led me to the association's website yeah. And um, I kept visiting it over and over again, really intrigued. And I, you know, I just wanted to know more. I wanted to do the training, <laughs> yeah. but I thought I might need to wait years until I was retired, perhaps, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. No, it's true. It's like, we have like the best pharmacy in the world here when it comes to that here in Newfoundland, it's the East Coast Trail being so stunning. I always tell uh, my friends and family that I, I'm a wannabe. And once I discovered life outside of the overpass, I've been spending weekends in beautiful communities right by the ocean. And I think it's just such a, such a beautiful thing we have here. 
so this started off and you were you were hiking and then you went online and you found a little bit more about it then you decided to get certified in it and now it's one of the things that you actually do is that the motivation you just enjoy being outside or were there other things as well um well i was like a lot of people struggling with depression and anxiety and probably the reason i was taken to the trails to begin with and like i said i was feeling so good like when I was there, I wasn't worrying about anything. And I just had a, a silly grin on my face. And it might have happened maybe 10 minutes into the trail that all of a sudden you just loosen up and you're there. Right. And I don't know, I kind of felt like I had this beautiful little secret that people mustn't know about, because if they did, maybe everybody wouldn't be or so many people wouldn't be medicated for anxiety or struggling so much. And and, and I mean, there's so many other reasons. I mean, yeah. you know, there's spiritual reasons, there's physical, mental, emotional, so many, so many benefits. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, true. I just wanted to share that because I felt like I had discovered this. And of course, other people have too. But um, why are the trails so bare? Because I mean, back then, seven or eight years ago, I'd be out there and I'd be like, where is everybody, you know? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I hiked Mad Rock the other day for the first time. We try and hit all the different trails. It was gorgeous. I came around the corner. I was like, I wonder if it's over this little knoll. And I saw one of the most beautiful things I'd seen, just beautiful rocks in the ocean. And also, I guess you get to share this with other people. So they, they get a chance to benefit from your experience. Now you can be like, this place is beautiful. Let's go here. Is that what kind of happens when you guide people? Yes. And, and like I said, I guide in a whole bunch of different areas, um, depending, you know, out on the southern shore a little bit. I've done it in Tours Cove and Mobile, but largely in Pippi Park mm. and and different places that invite me to come like um, Botanical Gardens or, you know, some different organizations, Manuals River and, you know, different places like that. Yeah. So it can be adapted to a lot of different places for sure. And yeah. like I said, it's something a lot of people are kind of hesitant and they're like, oh, well, am I going to pay to go on this walk? I could go walk the trail by myself, you know, but it's kind of being led. So you can just kind of drop in and forget about everything. And, you know, you walk away then with kind of like a little toolkit, you know, you know what we did on the walk and, you know, you can kind of take that away and apply it, you know, to your own walks and, and have this wonderful little practice that you can share with your friends and family. Right. No, I love that. I love that idea. So you said the word was Shinrin Yoku or Roku yes, in Japanese. So, yeah. so, so hit me that again and tell me the inspiration behind what forest bathing is actually is. Well, it's it's a form of nature therapy. It's, you know, a lot of mindfulness in there, but it's really heavily focused on your senses. So it's a combination of, you know, just like really tuning into things with your all your different senses. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and it's a very mindful practice. So to me, it's a mixture of meditation and mindfulness and my senses and yeah. <laughs> well, well, tell me this. I, I've heard that if you, for example, you go for a walk, there's gonna be health benefits, whether you're on a treadmill or whether you're in a neighborhood, whether you're in the forest. However, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that being in nature causes you to be more mindful because of the randomness of nature. Do you experience that? Is that something that's part of the philosophy? I think so you know, on a scientific level, there's something even deeper happening and the trees are releasing all these aerosols, like they're called phytoncides. And um, it's just a beautiful, all these little chemicals and aerosols that the trees are emitting. And I mean, you know, the things that are being used if by pharmaceutical companies, and you know, but I mean, yeah. when you're walking in the forest or you're sitting under a tree or you're in that space, you're breathing all of that in and, uh, you know, it's boosting your immune system and it's improving your cardiovascular and and it's having all these wonderful effects and you don't even know what's happening. Right. Hmm. 
Yeah. Well, actually, just by the mere press practice of breathing, you know, you're getting benefits, let alone all, all the other things that are happening. Right. Well, yeah. So let's just summarize. What are those key health benefits that we're going to get from it? You just mentioned a ton of stuff and you've mentioned mental health before. So hit me on that list of what you think the biggest ones so are. The biggest one, I think, or, you know, one of the most commonly talked about one is your boosted immune system. So it's again, those aerosols, the fight insides that you're breathing in are boosting and, you know, there's been a lot of studies and in Japan, especially, you know, where the practice began initially. So your boosted immune system, your cardiovascular improvements and reduced stress, reduced anxiety. It's said to increase your creativity, improve sleep, relationship. I think it just improves your overall life. This is amazing. Well, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I mean, think about like, you know, I think people have recognized that more, especially during the pandemic, where people could only go outside and get activity if they wanted to socialize with people. And I saw the trails being the busiest because I'm an avid hiker myself. And I saw the trails getting busier and different people out hiking. You could tell they were seeing it for the first time. And I loved seeing all that, you know, so let's talk a little bit about like what a typical walk looks like. Okay, first of all, are there any restrictions people have like age, fitness level or like who can participate? You can adapt it a lot. So, you know, each walk might not be suitable for everyone. I'm offering a walk next week for a group and it's a a treatment type of group. So, you know, I had one person reach out and ask if it was wheelchair accessible. And, you know, unfortunately it's not because of the location it's in, but I mean, a walk could be developed that could be more inclusive. So, you know, it's very adaptable, but the structure of a walk, um, it's typically two and a half hours. Some guides will even go longer to three, three and a half, but a, mm. a minimum of two for sure. But I always tend to go two and a quarter, two and a half if I can, which sounds like a lot to some people, but you would be surprised how fast that goes. And um, it's a gentle exercise. We're not going to work up a sweat. So I tell people like dress in layers, be comfortable. Some of it will be seated. Some of it you'd be standing. Some of it you could be lying down and, you know, and again, it's all adaptable. So, you know, um, so yeah, I have a lot of seniors go on the walks and like, I'll judge accordingly. You know, if I've got a bunch of young people, we might go a little further. We might be a little bit more active, but generally it's, it's like I said, for almost anybody. And um, yeah, so the structure of the walk itself, um, it, it always follows the same structure, but kind of like the middle or the meat of it might, you know, changes up. So we'll start with like an introduction, a little bit of background on it, uh, what to expect. I'll ask everybody to shut off their cell phones, which they don't like, but you know, you don't want to be out there with phone. You just won't stay home. You're not going to be, you're not going to reap the benefits, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't even take pictures uh, <laughs> and that shows on my website <laughs> but um so yeah we start with their intro and then we'll do like a little meditation kind of where kind of like meditation we circle up and i'll everybody's closing their eyes and i'll walk them very slowly through all of their senses so we're noticing the smells in the air and you know what we can pick up on we're we're detecting the sounds from the furthest faintest we can hear to the loudest or you know and we're noticing what sensations or feelings those sounds might be bringing you know how how are you feeling like does that what sounds make you feel good or warm or you know what i mean yeah. little things like that so we'll walk through all five of the senses in that circle and we'll have a little sharing afterwards you know we might just share a word or two um after that, we do a short little walk and we're just noticing things that are in motion. So it's really just getting people to drop in and get out of their head and kind of get sucked into the, you know, to the environment. Um, and then after that, it's called invitation. So it's kind of like the middle of the walk and there's a series of little activities that we'll do. And 
feel very all the time. It could be as simple as me handing out magnifying glasses and just inviting them to go explore. So they're like checking out the bark and the moss and they're being children in the forest almost, right? Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised how much joy and laughter that will bring or, you know, just the little things you'll see. And of course, after that, we might share for a moment, like what we notice. Yeah. And after that, um, we do a sit spot. We always almost end with a sit spot where everybody just finds a place and we take 20 minutes just to be. You might get a little scroll. I might give you a little nature quote to contemplate or nothing. And the best part comes after that, or my favorite part is the tea ceremony. So while they're all off having their little sit spot, I'm somewhere else in the woods setting up a lovely little tea ceremony with lovely little tea bowls and, um, you know, a nice forage tea. It could be Labrador tea or a nice mixture of local plants and um, and some treats and stuff. So I'll call them all back with a crow call when we're done. And we'll all gather around this little setup and I'll tell them about the tea, about the plants and the, the medicinal properties of them and maybe where I foraged it and other things I might do with those plants. And um, we have a final sharing circle and share some treats and yeah, we're all done. That's Tina White, Certified Forest and Nature Therapy Guide here in Newfoundland and Labrador. She's telling us all about the health benefits of nature. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Tina White, a certified forest and nature therapy guide here in Newfoundland and Labrador. She's telling us all about the health benefits of nature. Let's check it out. Do you offer other kinds of walks as well? Um, outside of that, because <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like, I don't even know why we need to do anything else. That sounds perfect. But is there anything else you do? Yeah. yeah, I just started offering foraging walks last year. Um, but a part of the curriculum for the forest therapy training, it was a one week um, intensive in Ontario I took and then a six month mentorship. And part of that, I had to be able to learn, identify and use, you know, local plants to make teas. And I remember being very intimidated at first thing. Six plants? Yeah. Six plants I could make tea from? Like, I don't know any. And now I'm up to probably 30 or more. I don't know. Like I have a cupboard full of beautiful local plants and of course that led to a whole fascination with like edible things right so from spruce tip ice cream to net japanese knotweed fruit leather to chanterelle soup and yeah and pestos and all kinds of things so for the first time last year i took out two groups in tours cove and just offered an introduction to foraging and best practices and then everybody got a tasting box of soups and pickles and ice cream and wild tea and yeah, it was lovely. It <laughs> is lovely. I actually saw some Japanese knotweed today down in uh, Middle Cove. And I was like, what one is that again? And I, I was able to like remember because it's like the rhubarb looking one. You know, tell me about your client's experiences. So somebody who maybe is somebody who's a bit of a couch potato or somebody who's indoors a lot. Then they go out, they have this amazing experience in nature where they do stuff that they would never have thought to do and been guided on this really cool adventure. What's the feedback from people? I actually dug out an envelope I had because in the first year I was doing it, I had to get some testimonials and, you know, collect some information for my mentor and whatnot, mm -hmm. which I did for a little while because it is nice to know how people feel. So I can read you just three or four little quick definitely um, people's feedback here. Um, so one said, what an amazing way to unplug and be in nature. Permission to slow down and have your own unique experience without the usual rush of group experiences. Mm -hmm. Another one says, thank you, Tina. It's wonderful to meet and connect with others who understand the healing power of Mother Earth and the forest. 
Another says a great way to connect with nature and find peace. And the last one, a sensation for the senses. <laughs> Good. So I think most people are pretty surprised at how they feel because, you know, I think they're just coming expecting a little walk in the woods uh, or they're not really sure what to expect. You know, they're probably there out of curiosity more than anything. Some people get really moved by it. You know, not everyone, but like some walks are just so em- they can be emotional and moving and joyous and everything in one and others are just kind of, you know, they are what they are. Right. <laughs> well, I think yeah. the, the thing that really stood out to me, one of those things was permission to, you know, relax and unplug. We have this tendency today to be go, go, go all the time and not give ourselves that permission to take a walk or to do the things that are really essential to us to being healthy. When people experience that for the first time, do you find that they're integrating it into their life going forward? Is like this a, a sort of a pivotal point for them where they recognize the value of it and they start to say, we need to do more of this in our day-to-day, even without somebody like yourself? I think some are. I, th- I think definitely not the masses, for sure. Um, you know, I feel like they all, almost everybody seems to really enjoy it. Um, but I do see some repeat people coming back and coming back. And, you know, I, I do know, I guess in my own circle of friends, a lot of them are already doing their own form of forest therapy, just spending mindful and, you know, peaceful time in nature. And I mean, it, you don't even have to go to the park, even lying down, looking up at the clouds and just being there and, you know, being in that moment. You're essentially forest bathing, you know, so you don't have to go off to the East Coast Trail. You don't have to pay a guide. You don't have to sign up for a walk or commit to anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but I, I definitely think a small portion uh, certainly do make it a practice. And um, and others, like I said, I think it opens them up to it. So, you know, it mm-hmm. might take time for that to develop and grow, you know, but I'm, I'm there to plant the seed and hopefully that germinates at some point. Right. Yeah. And, and listen, personal training has been something that keeps people going to the gym until they feel comfortable on their own. Going and doing repeat visits with somebody like yourself is exactly the same thing in my books. Like, you know, maybe you need that help to for the first while to get you to that point. But after that, you, you know, you maybe you're on your on your way, which is great. I always like to relate the the, you know, the experience back to the person that became the expert in it. You know, what are some things that you've learned in your own personal experience? not only giving the guide tours and working with people, but also just participating in this yourself. Um, I, I, what have I learned? Just that it's all so much simpler than we make it out to be, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like even when I went and done the training before I did the training, I went and done a four day immersion with the uh, same group just to see is, is this what I want before I invest the money in the training, you know, and just being playful and fun and lighthearted in the forest. It, you know, what I, my takeaway from that four day thing was just like, I need to be a kid more. I need to just lighten up. Like everything doesn't have to be so serious and, and to just be in the moment, if nothing else, if we could just be a little bit more present, even if we're not out in the woods, you know, but we all know that, but doing it, but like I said, being in the woods just makes it easier. I mean, that bird singing, yeah. Or the seal there in the water. Like, how can you not be present? Right. You have, it's kind of hard not to be. And then the whales <laughs> coming a lot down. healthier. I, yeah. I felt really healthy for the, like, I actually just got over a little sinus infection last week. That was the first time I was sick in probably four years. Like mm-hmm. I thought I was never going to be sick again there for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. that hit me. I thought for sure I had COVID and I, and I didn't. <clears throat> yeah. But I really, um, I think it's all that time out, out in the woods and out on the water and, 
Yeah, it definitely no, keeps you well. That's right. I can agree with that 1000%. Um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and they want to go through one of these experiences or they're foraging or going to the forest bathing, how do they reach you? Uh, I've got a website, naturemind.ca. I don't think I have any walks currently on there just because I'm just in the middle of a, about to move now to my little dream spot up in La Manche. And uh, I look forward to creating some some events out there next year, some foraging and probably um, forest bathing for sure. And maybe even some fairy door tours. <laughs> that's another little venture I do, but that's really about connecting children. And that's what it kind of happened the same time the forest bathing did the yeah. exact same year kind of all was born together. And that was just about getting kids and family out into nature. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but no, natureminded.ca and they'll find, you know, my email, my phone number there. And, and I do group walks like next weekend coming up, I have a, a support group walk. So it's a group of people who are going through a health problem, I guess. And uh, they're all coming together to experience forest bathing together. And so I'm really excited about that because I've done groups in the past, but this is the first one, I guess, you know, where it's a group of people, you know, who aren't well. And um, so there's, hmm. there's so much room for all of that everywhere. You know, I've had people, I've had people gift to walk uh, as a Mother's Day gift so that all the adult children and their parents and the whole family went out and did it together. And um, I actually had a 10 year old girl who wanted it for her birthday party a couple of years oh. ago. <clears throat> and she's a little budding forager and nature lover. So that was such a little thrill. I had them, they had little toothpicks. We did a little tree tasting. We were tasting, <laughs> you know, the resin in, in all these yeah. different trees to see if they tasted the same. And, and uh, they had a great time. Yeah. So like I said, it can be offered to so many different groups and people. And yeah, that's perfect. It's not a one size fits all. That's for sure. You know, we're starting to, we're starting to wind down. Um, but any last thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? Um, just to encourage people, like you said, to get out and enjoy nature at, you know, whatever capacity you have, be it in your yard or your local park or the East Coast Trail, or maybe with me on a walk just to, yeah. to get you started on forest bathing. Who knows? And if not, there's lots of videos and stuff, too. You know, you go on YouTube or on the association site, you'll find all kinds of tidbits and everything. So you could get your information there and then head out into the woods yourself. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of what you do today. Congratulations on your new spot. And I look forward to hearing more about it in the future. Maybe we'll head out for a walk someday and, uh, and share the experience with everybody awesome. here on the show. Yes, it was great to meet you. And thanks for having me. Thank you to my guests for joining me today. If nature is medicine, then we are surrounded by the cure. Living in Newfoundland and Labrador, we have access to unlimited coastlines, world-class trails, and beautiful communities. I encourage all of you to get your dose of this medicine this week and every week. It's the safest drug in the world. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM. <laughs>